May only your word be spoken, O Lord. May only your word be heard. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. <laughs> About 10 or 11 years ago, my now 13-year-old son, Reese, almost died. Our family was having dinner together, sausage and rice, and Reese ended up trying to swallow a bit of sausage that was a little too big for him. He began to choke on it, and so I, remembering my CPR training from many years before, knew not to hit him on the back, because that was only going to lodge it further into his throat. So I began administering the Heimlich maneuver to get the offending bit of sausage out of his airway. He was still struggling for air, but it hadn't completely blocked his airway yet, but my efforts proved totally ineffective, and so we called 911 as I continued trying. My wife and I discussed trying to use my finger to pull the bit of sausage out of his throat, and we remembered that you absolutely shouldn't do that because it can lodge the food even further. Then his airway complete, got completely blocked. He went limp, and I figure I've got about 30 seconds. So, with nothing to lose, I reached my finger in, grabbed something. I didn't know what it was. I just figured whatever it is, I'm getting it out of there. And uh, it was the sausage, and Reese immediately began crying. Had a terribly reproachful look for me for having pumped on his stomach like I had and, and stuck my finger down his throat, which was perfectly fine with me. I've never been happier for my child to be angry with me. <laughs> just then, the paramedics arrived. And they came in, and all was well with Reese. We explained what had happened, and they said, next time, just hit him on the back instead of doing the Heimlich on him. Apparently, things had changed in the probably 20 years since I had taken CPR. I did everything completely wrong. But Reese is alive and well. So who cares if I did things wrong? That was kind of Jesus' message to his disciples of, if people are being healed, who cares if you're doing it wrong? See, the Pharisees were quite upset that Jesus' disciples were not washing their hands before eating supper. More than proper hygiene, this was a part of the religious practice, so Jesus' disciples were doing their religion wrong according to the Pharisees. And the Pharisees wanted correct practice of religion, and they seemed to think that God really wanted correct practice of religion too. Apparently they had glossed over the parts of the scriptures where the psalmists and the prophets said over and over again, God doesn't care about how perfectly you practice your religion. God desires economic justice, mercy, kindness, compassion towards others. In their efforts to please God, the Pharisees seemed to miss that point. Jesus, on the other hand, was right in line with the prophets and the psalmists. To the Pharisees' complaint, Jesus basically replied, Who cares if they're doing their religion wrong? The question you need to ask is, Are they being healed? O oh, pious Pharisees, are your religious practices, Jesus wondered, healing people 
so that they don't have hearts full of evil intentions. Murder, adultery, fornication, theft, false witness, and slander. If people's hearts aren't being healed, then your religious practices don't matter. So there is the lesson Jesus was teaching his disciples. If what we're doing is healing our hearts, and so we're connecting to God and being kinder and more loving towards others, that is proper religion in God's eyes. Then immediately afterwards, Jesus seemed to go against that entire idea when the Canaanite woman came to Jesus asking him to heal her daughter. He indicated by his silence that he wasn't going to heal her. He even called her a dog. One thought I've had of this passage for years is that Jesus was living out the prejudices he'd been taught. And once he exposed those defiling prejudices within himself, he turned around immediately, realizing that this was not just some Gentile dog in front of him, but a beloved child of God, a human being in need of healing. This week, however, I read Bishop Doyle's blog on this passage, and that gave me a different idea. What if Jesus was initially silent to the woman's request because he wanted to see if his disciples were going to take to heart the lesson he had just taught? Who cares if it was religiously improper to heal a Canaanite woman's daughter? She was a human being in need, and withholding that healing would have defiled them. So Jesus remained silent, possibly waiting for his disciples' response. And they gave a very Pharisaic response. She's a Gentile. It's not proper to heal her. Also, she's bothering us. Make her go away, Jesus. So Jesus went along with their line of thinking, possibly hoping that by exposing their inner thoughts, they'd come around. I've come only for the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Then this woman knelt down before him, humble, placing herself beneath him as though she were a lesser human being. She asked for help. Then Jesus called her a dog, saying it's not fair to take the children's food and throw it to the dogs. Would the disciples get it then? Would they begin feeling uncomfortable with Jesus calling this woman a dog? Apparently not. And she then even went along with it, saying, Sure, I'm a dog, but just let me eat the crumbs under your table. In his replies to the woman, Jesus exposed her humanity to the disciples, who had seen her something simply as something annoying something that might defile them. In exposing this woman's humanity then, Jesus also exposed his disciples' continued failure to understand the lesson he had taught, that helping this woman and doing their religion wrong couldn't possibly defile them. In fact, not caring about the woman, seeing her as a bother and as something less than human, was what defiled them. Jesus' disciples 
were still full of evil intentions. Slander towards this woman, at the very least. And the love and healing of God was being blocked by their prejudices. They failed once again. And note that Jesus did not berate them for it. He simply taught them again, letting them fail and learn from their failure. Which was what happened with Peter last week when he sank as he was trying to walk on water and failed. Jesus simply picked Peter up as today he picked his disciples up, dried them off, and let them try again. They obviously got it eventually because the church, the way of Jesus, was opened to the Gentiles, which far from defiling the church, as many of the first followers of Jesus thought it would, opening up the way of Jesus to the Gentiles, to the non-Jews, did not defile the church, but was a fulfillment of Jesus' mission for his church. Now, there are still plenty of people who think that there are certain others who are unclean and who would defile the church if they were allowed in. Jesus teaches us that including those people in the church does not defile us. The evil intentions of our hearts defile us. Exclusion, prejudice, contempt, slander, envy, lust, objectification, wrath, murder. These things come from our hearts and they are what defile us. Risking letting the wrong people in does not defile us. One question we can ask ourselves today then is, who are the wrong people? Who are the people I wouldn't want in here? Who might ruin our religion if we let them in? If we do our religion wrong, who cares? If we're healing the condition of our hearts, if we're drawing near to God and offering healing and love to others, then we're doing what God desires. Economic justice, mercy, kindness, compassion, these things God desires. And these things can never defile us but rather heal us.